We are beginning now. Hello and welcome to Stuck in the 90s. We are your weekly nostalgia podcast, chronicling the years 1990 through 1999, thus making up the 90s. We are your hosts. My name is Chris Alfick. And I'm Connor Thompson. Uh, this week, we are bringing you June 11th through 17th in 1995. We're just right in the middle of the 90s. Did you know that, like, a century ends on, like, the zero year? Like, the 19th century didn't end until, like... 1900 like december 31st 1900 oh i had no idea yeah i was looking yeah uh we're starting off on a complete tangent but there's no one left born in the 1800s there are still like two people left born in the 19th century clinging on yeah okay june 11th uh before we begin happy birthday on june 11th to both my dad and my uncle who are same day who are not brothers they're not from the same side of the family Yeah, yeah but same day that's, uh, wow. Quinky dink, right? Yeah, because when you said you came from their party, I assumed it was like a couple, you know, like within a week. Yeah, exact oh, yeah, same day. Well, yeah, happy birthday to them. Also on this date, failed computer system costing county millions. As it struggles with an enormous deficit, Los Angeles County is spending millions of dollars a year on an ill-fated hospital computer system that has never really worked. And that county officials were warned it would be a costly failure even before they bought it almost five years ago. By some estimates, the cost of the failed system had soared past $74 million, although county officials concede that they have yet to determine the total cost of buying, dismantling, and replacing it. These costs include $22 million approved in March for one of several replacement computer systems and an additional $300,000 a month to keep the current system running. Holy shit. Uh, Many who use the system, known as IBACs, say that it often splits out gibberish and crashes frequently, Mm -hmm. and that it could take years to solve the problems. Damn. Yeah, and I don't don't blame computer software. This is either one of a few things. It was shit software that was written by shysters who wanted to just pawn it off as the way of the future, uh, poorly installed and implemented. Or the people don't know what they're doing. I'm thinking it's a combination of one and two, though. Little known fact, these are the exact same people who have built uh, the government of Canada's Phoenix computer system. That's a political joke because the Phoenix pay system has not been paying government employees for quite some time. Oh, yeah? It's a massive thing. Okay. I uh, That went over my head. Oh, okay. Well, I, we're moving on. All right. Uh, speaking of things... Up in the air. On June 12th, a court in Brussels declares Air Zaire bankrupt. And I want to know, how can something that rhymes so well go so bankrupt? Air Zaire. Air Zaire. Pretty Fuck, great. Like, I want to fly it. Shit. That's so cool. I know. Um, ooh, less good. Uh, girl lured from home by email is found in L.A. A 13-year-old Kentucky girl apparently lured away from home by an electronic computer message, also known as email, nearly two weeks ago, was taken into protective custody in Los Angeles on Sunday after she contacted authorities. Tara Noble called the local FBI office shortly after 8 a.m., a spokesman said, and agents notified Los Angeles police, who picked up the girl at a phone booth on Hollywood Boulevard about half an hour later. She's okay, Tara's mother, Lisa Noble, said. Uh, in an interview from St. Matthews, Kentucky, a Louisville suburb, she's tired, hungry, and wants to come home. Authorities didn't say how Tara paid for her trip west. St. Matthews police believe that the girl flew from Kentucky to Birmingham, Alabama, where she may have met one of her computer correspondents and spent the night. 
from Birmingham, uh, she took a Greyhound bus to California. On the bus, police said Tara struck up a friendship with another young girl who was traveling with her grandmother. Uh, but a stopover in Odessa, Texas, uh, Tara made a phone call and never returned to the bus. That's where police lost her, uh, said St. Matthew's police chief Norm Meyer. Meyer said it's still unclear who aided the girl and what eventually encouraged her to turn herself in, but when she called her mother Sunday, uh, the girl was scared and lonely. Uh, the article went on to talk about various, you know, the growing thing of people using the internet as a means to lure kids and how kind of fucked up that is. To catch a predator. Yeah. Yeah, this predates some, they, they needed, they really needed Chris Hansen. Where were you, Chris? Yeah. I wasn't on the case. Deadbeat. Just having a seat over there. <laughs> we shouldn't talk shit about Chris Hansen. I mean, we can talk shit about Chris Hansen. Well, it's too late now. He's just a host. That's true. Yeah. June 13th. The film Drop Zone was released on VHS today by Paramount Pictures. I guess this is where Canada's Wonderland got the name for their Drop Zone ride back when it was owned by Paramount, yeah, which I, I no which I miss. Yeah, I, I like that. That was way cooler. It was pretty cool. Um, now all the rides, you know, the Italian jobs is, is just like fucking backdoor stunt the coaster. Top, yeah, the Top Gun roller coaster is now like, what is it like? Flight Deck. Flight Deck. That's, yeah. Ugh. They just rebranded everything. It's like, um, so frustrating. we have a uh, an arcade in Niagara Falls that was owned by, not owned, but licensed by Marvel. Marvel, yeah. And they lost the contract a few years ago, so they just painted the Hulk orange and put a bandana on it. <laughs> we should get a picture of that for the if Instagram. it's still there. I don't know yeah. if they taken it down since uh also alanis morissette's jagged little pill album came out today nice i've been hearing a lot of alanis on the radio lately really yeah i i haven't i guess i've been listening to not too much radio um also on this date far rights gains an election are raising alarms in france (gasps) sacre bleu a strong showing by candidates of the far-right National Front Party in French municipal elections on Sunday prompted leaders of both governing conservative coalition and the opposition socialist parties uh, to call on voters to thwart the far-right in the final vote next Sunday. The far-right movement, which draws support from alienated voters in cities with high concentrations of immigrants from North Africa, came in first on Sunday in eight big cities. Socialist leaders said they would back any mainstream candidate with a chance of shutting out the far right in cities where socialists had no chance of winning the final vote. In 2017, the same party, led by that leader's daughter, uh, got the second most votes. Fuck that bitch! Yeah. That's the um, official opinion of the podcast. Also, in 1995, when an extremist party is up and coming, the mainstream parties kind of band together to put a stop to them. In 2017, you form a coalition government with them. Womp womp. Uh, where are we? June 14th? Yep. Ooh, Pearl Jam to reconsider its Ticketmaster boycott. Sacre bleu! This is, uh, unbelievable. <laughs> Bees! Anyway, today, Pearl Jam may have canceled its upcoming uh, Del Mar concerts, but the va- but the band vows to play in Southern California this fall, even if that means abandoning its Ticketmaster boycott. Quote, After this tour, we are going to reassess everything, Pearl Jam manager Kelly Curtis said on Tuesday. It took us a whole year to plan these summer dates, and we're not going to go through that again. Uh, we wanted to make a point on how difficult it is to tour without Ticketmaster, and we made the point. I think you'll find that the band is just going to do whatever it takes to play. And if that means they're going to have to play some Ticketmaster shows, they're going to play Ticketmaster shows. 
Because Pearl, because Pearl Jam refused on this outing to use Ticketmaster, claiming the company exercises a monopoly over U.S. ticket distribution that drives up prices, it put together an 11-city tour using alternative venues that do not have exclusive contracts with Ticketmaster. I respect the fuck out of bands who can avoid Ticketmaster. I know. That because is, most can't. Like, that is a fucking great move. Oh, um, yeah. Props to Pearl Jam on that. Eddie Vedder. I wish, I wish more bands would do that. Like, I fucking, like... God damn it. Right? Nothing has changed. Ticketmaster still sucks. Ticketmaster um, is Satan. StubHub. StubHub owned by Ticketmaster? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Satan's friend. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck them. Yeah, I guess at least there's there's competition in the shittiest ticket person nowadays. True. June 15th, the G7 meet in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Eh? E. Um, also, during his murder trial, O.J. Simpson puts on a pair of gloves that were presumably worn by the person who murdered his ex-wife and her friend, Ron Goldman. Defense attorney Johnny Cochran dropped the greatest line a lawyer has ever spoken when he said, oh, yeah. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit, uh, as the gloves appeared to be too tight on Simpson's hands. That is probably one of the most i would say monumental quotes of the 90s and just like we discussed before the power of rhyme is very strong exactly it couldn't save air zaire but it saved oj for the next 13 years yeah, until the long dick of the law eventually fucked him when he is that the like, expression robbed a, when he robbed a fucking jewelry store <laughs> or something yeah there was the whole thing with his uh like his autographed merchandise as well in vegas oh yeah and then uh the what is it the really tiny if i did it by oj simpson yeah holy Ugh. shit moving on yeah uh june 16th michael jackson releases his first double album history or High Story, which became the best-selling multiple album of all time, with 35 million copies, uh, 70 million copies, I guess because it's a double album, mm. sold worldwide. Also today, the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, selects Salt Lake City to host the 2002 Winter Olympics, which, of course, were personally and completely organized by Mitt Romney. Every time I see Salt Lake written down, I think of it as Salt Lake City... Also, if you haven't seen Book of Mormon and you have the opportunity, I highly recommend it. I have not had the opportunity yet, and I want to get out to that. That is where my singing reference comes from. I, also, I, it sounded like it. there was a point in the show where I was laughing so hard I was crying and I missed half a song. It was so funny. You know what's great? It's so hard to come by these days. Pain laughter. Oh, yeah. When you're laughing so hard that it physically hurts. Until that moment, the last time I genuinely laughed that hard was seeing Borat in the theater. Oh, man. When they're fighting naked on the bed, I lost it. 2006. Couldn't handle it. Borat was the coolest thing ever when we were 18. When Borat is pantsless for the first time and they censor his dick down to his <laughs> knee, I lost it. Could not handle how funny that was. Yeah, I, I guess, yeah. Big dick jokes are still funny. Bringing it back around to Trey Parker and Matt Stone in basketball when they don't show anything, but they have the big, heavy swooping motions when they're naked from the pants down yeah. and, and are moving around. Closing out the week, uh, June 17th, New Jersey Daily Briefing. Fired worker returns with gun. A worker who was fired from a Mercer County factory for drunkenness returned hours later with two guns and ammunition is spelled incorrectly in the article. Amusition. Brutalized. 
Uh, the police said yesterday, Spencer A. Crowell, 47, of Trenton, was fired Thursday afternoon uh, from the Congoleum Corporation for Drunkenness. Company officials said Congoleum Corp. Who came up with this name? Congoleum, yeah. Is that like a uh, oh, Congo? Like I a don't museum know. of Conga? So Mr. Museum of Conga. Apparently, Mr. Crowell returned around 7.30 p.m. and started threatening employees. Uh, according to those officials, a worker called the police, uh, who then later arrested him. What a way to end the week. Oh, yeah. New Jersey, guns, ammunition spelt wrong in a New York Times article. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about... Let's see what's in the box office right oh, now. Oh, speaking of fucking disasters, number one in the box office... I liked it at the time. Batman Forever and Nipples. Uh, that's the biggest beef with the movie that's what i love the, nipples, the, the enduring the legacy of the bat nipples yeah oh i feel like we need to take a small moment because we're talking about batman not exactly 90s news but today adam west passed away rest in peace yeah uh he was 88 so he had a a good bat run and and yeah you will no longer catch him at the same bat time on oh. the same bat channel. Do you think that's what it would? Oh, I don't. I, I would. Do you really think it like says that on his headstone? That'd be kind of great. I'd really like if his headstone did say something kind of both heart, like warming and kind of kind of funny like that. Same bat grave, same bat graveyard. It's <laughs> <laughs> too dark. That might be, but I don't know. If I was, if I was Batman, if that was my line, oh I would my be god, so into that. I would too. That'd be so funny. Yeah. Uh, what else is on here? Two, we have Congo. Three, we have Casper. Casper. I loved I, Casper. This was such a good movie. Also, for the record, I loved Batman Forever. I, I at the kid, time, yeah, it was oh, a great yeah, movie. It was fucking awesome. Jim Carrey is the Riddler. Yeah. Loved it. Uh, Bridges of Madison County is at four. <laughs> and at number five, an excellent movie, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah. Oh, like this. I I liked this Die Hard movie. I saw it for the first time I did too. a few years ago. Really? And I, Ooh. it was, uh, I don't know, like when the terrorists force him to display like a, a racist message in the middle of uh like harlem yeah such a good moment speaking of racist messages or racism oh no at number six we've got braveheart don't sell you braveheart with racism okay this was before we knew mel gibson was like that that's true he, it might have been before he was like that people get I don't know, crotchety is time. I don't know. True. Is crotchety and, and racist the same thing? Well, speaking of racist things, at number eight, Pocahontas. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I, f I say we end it there. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Uh, Pocahontas finishing off the box office at number eight. Uh, Billboard. I actually have no <sighs> idea what's in the Billboard Nothing Top 100. Good. Because Billboard.com is a fucking plague on my computer. <laughs> uh, so number one on the Billboard 200, uh, Cracked Rear View by Hootie presumably and the blowfish but maybe not yeah um two we have throwing copper by live uh poverty yeah poverty's paradise night by nature is coming in at three Ooh, and at four pocahontas the soundtrack yeah uh you know what i think, I think colors, five and six. colors of the winds are kind of great song. oh yeah colors of the wind is one. great uh i think i think there might be a couple other good tracks on there too but yeah it's not uh it's no lion king soundtrack Ooh. Okay. Uh, what else is on here? Friday soundtrack. Yeah. Um, Two by Boys to Men. Yeah. Ooh, Crazy Sexy Cool by TLC. Ooh, my favorite movie soundtrack is on here at number eleven. Skipping right down past the crap. I don't even know what this is because my phone isn't scrolling. Ooh, there we go. Forrest Gump. Nice. Great soundtrack. Uh, I think 
one of the best movie soundtracks. What's on that soundtrack? A whole bunch of shit. Yeah. Uh, you pad, I'll pull it up. All right. I mean, because Forrest Gump is a fantastic movie, but if there's one thing I don't particularly remember from it, it's the music. It's not like... It's not a Guardians of the Galaxy movie where they have tons of hit singles. It might have a really good score, but yeah, what's on the soundtrack? I was shot in the buttocks. Yami said it was a million dollar wound, but I ain't never seen a nickel of that money. Uh, on the soundtrack, we have Hound Dog, Elvis Presley. Okay. Uh, Rabble Rouser here. I'll just read the ones that are familiar. Okay. Okay, so Blown in the Wind by Joan Baez, Fortunate Son by CCR, uh, Respect, Aretha Franklin, uh, Rainy Day, Women, number 12 and 35 by Bob Dylan, California Dreamin', uh, For What It's Worth by Buffalo Springfield, Break On Through, Mrs. Robinson. Mrs. Robinson? Yep. Um, turn, 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 Everybody's mm. Talking, Joy to the World. Like, there's a lot of really good stuff on here. Sweet Home Alabama I need keeps to re- you running. I need to I need to rewatch Forrest Gump Ooh. is what this is telling me. Great move. Oh, yeah. I, it's been, I mean, maybe a couple years since I've seen Forrest Gump. I don't know if Forrest Gump's in my top five. I think it is. And no, I think I think Forrest Gump I think is in my top five. From what you've told me and from what you've told the podcast, Forrest Gump is probably in your top five. I genuinely love it. Yeah. Uh, where are we at? Um, that's, that's probably enough of that. I think. Yeah. Um, do you want to get into the '90s spotlight? That's uh, that's probably a good idea. We're into the summer now, so there isn't really any Simpsons or Seinfeld airing. We'll probably pad this section once in a while with. Whatever the fuck we feel like, an episode of Animaniacs, an episode of Star um, Trek, whatever. Um, what are there? What are there some good '90s shows that we could? Sliders. Ooh, home, sliders? In, home Improvement home is improvement. one people remember. Yeah, there's so much. Caroline in the City, Grace Under Fire, Mad About You. I don't expect Ooh, actually Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Nice. Until you got to Sabrina the Teenage Witch, I don't intend to actually talk about any of those shows. Fact. It's just those are some those are some nineties like bait words right there. Yeah, exactly. Will and Grace. Fuck. Okay. Um Wait, did they start in the nineties? Maybe. No, I think it was two thousands. That's possible. It's but close then again, either two way. guys a girl in a pizza place debuted in ninety nine. So that's true. So it, we might have gotten like, on the tail end. Might, yeah, it might just slide in there. Um let's but yeah, let's, TV still exists. Yeah. Let's dive into the spotlight. All right. Uh, this week we want to talk about something. It's it's early June here in Canada. It's getting warmer, and one of the things that you're doing is you're probably finally for good packing up those winter clothes. A lot of the times you leave them out in May because you never know if you're going to need them again. You might get that one last storm, but I think at this point you're good. So in the '90s, one of the things that was going into the closet for for the next few months. Do you remember those 90s pullover jackets that almost always featured a sports team on it? Starter jackets. Exactly. Starter jackets. Um, They were all made by a company called Starter, hence the name. And we'll give you a little bit of information on the company. Uh, Starter was founded in New Haven, Connecticut by David Beckerman, a University of New Haven alumnus, to manufacture team uniforms for high school athletic programs. And this was in 1971. By 83, the company had entered uh, licensing agreements with the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, and the CFL. Uh, sales in 1989 were $58.9 million. By 1990, they had more than doubled to $124.6 million. They were a big deal. Oh, yeah. So in the early 90s, uh, the baseball jackets gave way to a hooded design with a side zipper and eventually to a padded half-zip pullover. Oh, yeah. 
This is when the jacket reached its 90s iconic design uh, that you're probably that that's what jumps to mind as soon as you hear the word starter jacket. Yeah, this is what we're talking about. So a famous ad campaign featured hip hop stars, uh, including DJ Jazzy Jeff. That's the one I remember, too. I don't remember the uh, the ad campaign, but that's crazy. So within two years, starters net sales nearly doubled to three hundred and fifty six million. And that's when the company went public on the New York Stock Exchange. And that was April 93, earning an estimated ninety eight million dollars. That's a pretty good IPO, I think. Pretty decent. Uh, starters competition in the licensed sports apparel business intensified in 94 when Logo 7 Inc., uh, the second licensed sports apparel manufacturer, won a much-coveted NFL Pro-Line license and beefed up its advertising budget in an attempt to knock Starter from the number one position. Overall, the boom in the licensed sports apparel market began to slacken in early 94, uh, slowing from an average of 38% annual growth to 15% annual growth. But still that's growth. still growth. That like, is, yeah, and it was still, still double digit. prominent and everywhere throughout the 90s. Although Starter began 1994 with a 23% increase over the first quarter of 93, it suffered a loss of $2.2 million in the second quarter. Starter had predicted the loss, which it blamed on late deliveries from vendors shipping delays, uh, additional advertising and personnel costs, as well as startup and contractor costs for a new uh, Memphis distribution facility. Uh, Now, 1997 saw Starter become one of three suppliers, along with Champion and then-rival Nike, uh, for uniforms for the NBA, and most notably the New York Knicks and the Charlotte Hornets. When the original company declined financially, their accounts went to Puma, in 2000, when 29 other MLB teams switched to the MLB Authentic Collection, the New York Yankees were the last team to wear starter jackets. Yep. Yep. You know what they should have done? Switch to all cotton. Oh, damn. Yeah. If only they thought of that sooner. Where yeah. were you, George? I know. I know. <sighs> starter jackets are pretty cool. They were. Did you Did you have one in the 90s? Pretty sure I did. I think I had a Raptors one. I, um... I'm not sure. I had, I definitely had one, but it was either the Pittsburgh Penguins or maybe the Boston Bruins. I only remember it being kind of yellow. Um, it was, I didn't have a lot of money in the 90s, so I'm pretty sure this was something that was picked up secondhand. So, you know, I didn't have my choice of starter jackets. Sorry, I wasn't laughing about this. I was laughing because I just read down to the sponsor and I knew exactly what you were talking about as soon as I read it. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I think without further ado, um, I think we would like to get into that point of the podcast. We would like to thank uh, one thing in particular that uh, has brought this collection of us talking and saying words and stuff to you this week. Connor? (sighs) This week's sponsor, Stuck in the 90s, is brought to you by whatever ungodly device you use to carry around your collection of cassette tapes in your car. Yeah, now, you know. my dad had this, like, it was this long, black rectangle. It was ribbed. <laughs> I know. Are we, talking, are we still talking about a cassette holder? Yeah, it wasn't ribbed for anyone's pleasure. All right, it, what about your musical pleasure? Your, yeah, maybe your, your, your oral, listening your pleasure. Your oral pleasure, but that, like, the A-U-R... You know, yeah, the ear, it. the ear thing, the ear word. <laughs> it was this weird rectangle. It was ribbed. It had like a big weird handle on the front, like two plastic clasps. Oh, it was awful. Yeah, I mean the shit that we had to do to carry around music back then. Yeah, and all it contained was Phil Collins and Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> 
Yeah, I know. My dad. That sounds about right. I mean, Phil Collins had some pretty good shit. No I, jacket required. Yeah, that is a good album. Um, Fuck. Phil, uh, Jimmy Buffett, though? Anything oh, Anything so good much. off of there? Uh, there? There are some catchy songs. You have to give them that. Like, Wasted yeah. Away Again, Margaritaville. Okay, yeah. That's a thing. It, uh, anyway. it spawned the Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. It sure did. Oh, God. Those things were, yeah, ungodly is the right term. Because, like, it always sat in the space right between the driver and passenger seat. Yep. But, like, you had to pull it all the way up and then, like, open it and they all kind of jostled mm-hmm. around. And there were probably various other uh, ways to store your cassettes, ranging from tossing them in the oh, glove yeah. box uh, to having them, like, throughout the back seat just thrown there to something that's ungodly, but at least provided some organization, like what you're describing. Yep. And. I think we here at Stuck in the 90s would like to thank that ungodly device. And I think you should just take a moment and, and thank thank them too for just... Because now we can fit all our music in either a wallet of CDs or even better on our phones or even in the car itself. And I think that uh, that's, it. that's a lot of room for other things. That's a lot of room for activities. A lot of room for activities. Yeah. Uh so, you can find us online. Our website is stuckinthe90spodcast.com. Uh, if you want to email us and be a $10 sponsor, give us $10 or the equivalent value in tacos, we will plug your wares. Drop us a line. Especially at, if the tacos are good. Right? Drop us a line at stuckinthe90spodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at stuckinthe90spodcast. Uh, we're on Facebook as well. If you search up our podcast name you'll find us yeah. we haven't really posted much outside of episodes to the podcast but it's so, a good way to stay to up to date if, if you don't use uh itunes or if you don't have a podcast app on your android device or if you don't listen to podcasts on your phone at all our facebook is probably a good way to find out when we have a new episode available and if there's uh, a delay we website. post there yeah that's true yeah if you guys are ever wondering where our episode is we almost always will be posting about it on our Facebook if we are late for whatever reason. And given the fact that we both have pretty active lifestyles, I've got a job that has the hours are picking up. Um, yeah, delays it's, do happen. It's summertime. It's summertime. It's yeah. summertime. Uh, we've also got an Instagram. The last thing I posted, the first thing I posted in a while, yeah. uh, was the picture of Baloney going into Yakko's Slacks. They're Animaniacs. They sure are. Um, I think that's about it. We don't know what we're doing next week because we never have our shit together anymore. That's, yeah. I mean, that's the truth. But the thing is, we have a spreadsheet, so we at least, at the very least, we're not picking the same year that we did, or the same week that, yeah, the same year we did the previous year this week. That's true. We have our, so we've got like, some a, shit together. a minimum amount of shit is yeah, together. Yeah, enough. We've got enough to keep it going. We still haven't had that uh, Viking funeral for the, uh, for the wheel. Damn. Yeah. Someday. Yeah, and the weather is getting better, so uh, it's it's getting time. We could have a fire out back and uh, <laughs> we send say it ac- farewell. We send it across someone's pool. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> we'll go a, pool hopping and light a fire. <laughs> um, stuck in the 90s, it does not endorse uh, trespassing, arson, or any other laws that we just mentioned breaking in the previous 10 to 15 seconds. Uh, before we implicate ourselves further, I think it's a good time to sign off. The podcast is now over.